What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Letterman Row. It's another off-season report with the 40-year vet, Tim May, with Andy Backstrom, and with yours truly, Spencer Holbrook. Fellas, uh, this, as always, is presented by Buyers Auto. Thank you to Buyers Auto for being a wonderful sponsor to Letterman Row for a long time now. So the off-season report presented by Buyers Auto is back. Uh, again, Tim, Andy, Spencer, let's talk about this, guys, because it's been a quiet week on the Ohio State front. All is quiet on the Columbus front, but all is not quiet because the Buckeyes have guys staying. They have guys leaving. Uh, they've got guys still trying to make a decision. We've still got a couple outstanding decisions. Lathan Ransom, who we believe is leaning toward coming back, but he hasn't made a decision yet, hasn't made an announcement yet. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, the linebacker, who could be an All-American next year, cement himself in Ohio State uh, history, or he can go to the NFL and probably make a lot of money. And then C.J. Stroud, who I think it's a foregone conclusion, he just has not made the official announcement yet that he's going to the NFL draft. Uh, so... Let's talk about it. There's a bunch of guys who have left, a couple guys who have stayed. Tim, we'll start with you. The The decision that was made that surprised you the most so far of NFL draft decisions. Hmm. Probably, uh, I don't know if this is, yeah, it, I'm stammering because uh, Mayan Williams coming back is big for this team, in my opinion, because at the end of the year, you know, they were deep into the well when it came to running backs. I mean, uh, you know, Xavier Johnson having to obviously spend more time back there again, et cetera. Now, all of a sudden, you look at their running back room and it's chock full and you're going, wow. You know, I mean, uh, it, it when that little – I'm not going to get into rumors, so I'm not going to bring this one rumor up that was going on at the end of December about one, one uh, particular uh, running back who might – be considering getting into the portal, et cetera. But it is amazing to me how sparse that running back room was going into that Georgia game and as that Georgia game developed. And then looking at it now, when you know Travion Henderson's coming back, uh, Dallin Hayden hadn't gone anywhere, um, and Mayan Williams. But then the guy that even I sleep on sometimes just because you kind of forgot about him is Evan Pryor, uh, you know, coming back from that knee injury. Wow. I mean, that's a hell of a running back room. So I'm going to throw that one out there. Uh, by the way, Lathan Ransom, really considering leaving? I don't know if he's considering leaving as much as he's I don't mean that tongue in cheek. I don't mean that being a smart aleck. Yeah, yeah. But wow. He had a tough last two games. Go ahead now. Andy, if there's a surprising decision so far, who would it be for you? I think the one we talked about was Luke Whipler, you know, declaring for the draft after starting two seasons at center. It's not so surprising because he is on draft boards. You know, he's ranked pretty highly among centers, top five among the major analysts. So it makes sense why he is declaring, especially with so much turnover that's happening on the offensive line. Maybe it is a good time to declare for the draft. But I think, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise either if he had come back for another year, just given the anchor that he is for that offensive line and given that he only had been there for three years. So I think that was one that I think raised some eyebrows a little bit. And certainly has uh, Ohio State, you know, needing to adjust a little bit down there at center. And, and that's something that we'll talk about with Matthew Jones, I'm um, sure next, who could provide some versatility and shifting over to that spot. Yeah, that's my guy is Matthew Jones. It's not as much surprising as it is just big for this team to have Matthew Jones come back. Both Matthew Jones now and Donovan Jackson become the instant leaders of this offensive line. And that's not just because they have the experience. It's because Donovan Jackson, we saw in training camp, 
We saw him practicing second team left tackle. We saw him being at guard and he can be, uh, he can show positional versatility. Matthew Jones was rated as a center out of Erasmus Hall uh, when he came out of high school. He was the number one center in the country, uh, almost a five-star player, might have even been a five-star player, um, but he was a center. So there's versatility right. there where if you need, if you have a, a guard that you're confident in and need a second guard, well, Donovan Jackson can play that guard or Matthew Jones can play that guard. If you're not confident, Jacob James or Toby Wilson or any of these guys could play center, okay, well, Matthew Jones can play center then you have two guards to fill, two guard spots to fill. Then if you need one more tackle, you get one in the portal. You're not super confident in Josh Fryer, which I think they are. Donovan Jackson can play tackle. We know Ohio State wants a tackle out of the transfer portal. It's become very evident of that. But what I will say is Josh Fryer at the other tackle, uh, presumably considering what we've seen from him so far and the way he played in the absence of Dewan Jones for a game, if you get a tackle in the transfer portal that you know can play at a high level and then you bring back potentially both of your guards or guard center combo, you're looking at a very good offensive line and one that you can build upon rather than being on shaky ground, losing four of your five and having a couple of rough recruiting spots in 2019, 2020, 2021. So I think that that Matthew Jones coming back, not only for himself to prove himself the NFL, but for this entire roster, I think Matthew Jones coming back is huge for this team. And uh, Ohio State can go ahead and thank the NCAA's COVID year for that because uh, he should be out of eligibility, but he gets that one year. Tim, it, yeah. I think it's going to be huge for this line. Yeah, Matthew Stetson Jones. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, of course it is. And, and and just think of replacing four four of the five starters would have been unbe- an unbelievable task when you kind of, you know, it kind of makes you wonder what's really going on there because, uh, but the bottom line is they could put, they can put a credible number one line together right now. You know, Enoch Vimahi, uh, you know, I really like him. Uh, he came on, talked to him before the bowl game, obviously. Been waiting for his shot. And I thought he played pretty well when he went, went in there for Matt Jones uh, this year at times. But so did Josh Fryer. So they can come up with a credible offensive line. Like if they just need one guy to step up. And like you said, if you slide Donovan Jackson out to left tackle, you need one guy to step up. Uh in that guard position, they've got several candidates for that, as you just delineated, guys. You know, because it's it's not so much your pigeonholes. You're a guard, you're a tackle, you're a center when it comes to Ohio State football. So they can do that, but it obviously opens up a uh, these uh, departures open up a a major opportunity for Luke Montgomery, for example, right out of the gate. And I think that guy is what we think he can be. I, I could see them playing him early to bring him along, you know, but it's. Boy, leaning on a freshman on the offensive line is still difficult. Uh, there have been very few who've come along who I thought were up to that task, and uh, not the least of whom was Orlando Pace. <laughs> he was pretty good. But uh, I haven't seen Orlando Pace walk through the door since then. Uh, but the bottom line is, yeah, uh, that, that to me, when I look at the offense, I think they've got two quarterbacks that are very capable, just who is going to be the guy. You got to believe, like we talked about in the previous podcast, Kyle McCord's going to be the guy. He's going to get that first look uh, right on down the line. They loaded it wide receiver. They're loaded at running back. Uh, Kate Stover coming back. That's a big deal. He's a you know he's a leader. He's also a hell of a blocker. But he's a leader uh, on this team. Forget about just the offense on this team. But man, uh, the thing about it is, I look at this offensive line. I can see them coming up with five starters. But now. Who are those next three or four guys 
That's going to really be the question you want to see answered in the spring. And this other idea, because they missed out on several guys that they were that they were looking at is in the transfer portal, obviously, because Oregon started waving its uh, its NILs around, et cetera. But the bottom line is, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you're going to get that big time quality dude in the spring after spring ball. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not sure I want somebody else's cast off after spring, but that's just my way of, I'm talking about the, uh, from the transfer portal. Andy, I think that's the next step of this conversation is, you know, they missed on Jeremiah Byers in the transfer portal who they liked from UTEP. A Johnny Cornelius from Rhode Island went to Oregon. Uh, Jarrett Kingston, who they, they hosted last week, Letterman Row confirmed on a visit before he went out to USC uh, and ultimately chose the Trojans. He's a California kid. Don't really blame him for that. But you've missed on three guys in the transfer portal now, Andy. Uh, it looks like the portal is kind of closed for business now. It closes, uh, I believe, on Monday. And so if you're going to find a guy, it's going to be in this May period. Do you want to bring a guy in for training camp? I, I am of the opinion that you're going to have to because I think there's – Josh Fryer is a capable tackle. But I, Donovan Jackson can play tackle, but I think you'd rather find a guy in the portal. So with spring practice, do you think that there's some some guys in this room – that can kind of alleviate that concern and make it so you don't need a tackle in the portal? Or do you still think the Buckeyes will be shopping in the portal after spring practice for that tackle, Andy? I think you have to. But the other thing that you mentioned is all those schools you listed for those guys that they were targeting are all the big NLS schools. They're all the schools like Oregon, USC, Florida State's the one that got Jeremiah Byers. Like yeah. those are all schools that have that money that pay up front with the collectives. Whereas Ohio State takes a different approach. You know, it's more of once you get here, you sign with a collective and then you prove your value and then you have endorsement deals and all that stuff. So it's just a little bit of different strategy. And I think you're seeing that at play, but there's not to say that guys will get to these schools and maybe it won't be what it was advertised to be. And they go through spring ball and they don't like it. And I think you'll see more and more often as we go on in the sport that guys will transfer just after a few months. Like sometimes it's all that's advertised recruiting world and you get there and it's just not what you thought it would be. And we're seeing guys flip and transfer quicker than ever. So I don't think it's out of the question that guys would leave. Now it comes down to, would you want guys that only stuck around for a few months at a school? Is that the kind of character you want or the kind of, you know, discipline that you want. I don't know, but that, I think that is at play. I don't think that next transfer window is out of the question, but certainly depth is so important because, you know, Tim mentioned all these guys coming back, skill positions, they're loaded. There's no question, but that doesn't matter if you can't block. And even if you've got five serviceable guys or credible guys for a starting unit, there's going to be injuries. We saw it this year. And honestly, they got pretty lucky with injuries this year up front. Yep. I mean, can be way way worse I mean I just covered a team last year in Boston College that basically had an offensive line injury every single week they were replacing four <laughs> out of five starters from last year and it was a complete mess and it didn't matter that they had an NFL wide receiver who's top five on many draft boards at that position it didn't matter that they had a, a good tight end transfer from Notre Dame or a quarterback coming back none of that mattered because they couldn't protect and they couldn't run block and I think it'll be much better for Ohio State considering the talent that they have but if you don't have depth at the sixth, seventh, and eighth spots of the offensive line, I mean, guys like Jacob James, um, Zen Mikowski, like other guys that need to step up, it doesn't matter if you get someone in the portal or you don't, you need to have depth beneath that first unit. Yeah, no, real quick. Uh, and I'm I'm not knocking the guys that are on the roster. I'm, I, it's 
they've got to have some guy step up this spring. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, now that the the uh, clouds have uh, parted, you know, there's a path to playing time, et cetera. And, you know, they've had another year or they will have had another three months in the Mickey Marotti program, et cetera, from, from, I'm talking about from the end of the season and stuff, they've got candidates there, but they just, they need for them to step up, you know, and it's, uh, we're going to find out, you know, how recruiting has gone in that offensive line. When it comes to the offensive line room, we're going to, over the last couple of years, we're going to find out this spring, man, this is a, this is a real interesting barometer time. I think you agree, don't you? Tim, I think you're exactly right because I think, you know, some of these guys that are younger guys, I'm looking at Ben Chrisman from that 2021 recruiting class that Justin Fry didn't recruit, but he inherited and now he can show the developmental path. I'm looking at Tegra, Shabola, excuse me, you know, as a guy who is 310 pounds, 6'6", you know, could he make that Dewan Jones-like rise? Remember, two years ago, we weren't even talking about Dewan Jones as a potential starter. And in training camp, Greg Stadrawa said he's so good that we had to move Thayer Munford inside to make room for Dewan as a starter because he's so good. Guys can make those jumps, you know, George Fitzpatrick, maybe even, you know, some of those guys that have been in the back of the depth chart for so long, you know, what's, you know, can, can Trey LaRue finally step up? Can Grant Toutant finally show an ability to block? Uh, we haven't seen it from him yet in three and a half years, but there's, there's not to say that he can't, you know, make a jump, you know, can Jacob James become that center that people want him to be? Uh, you know, so there's some guys that can do it. It's just a matter of, doing it and so this spring is going to be huge for all those guys and i'm especially got my eye on tegra who is a bigger guy a lot of expectations from various outlets coming out of high school a guy who can move his feet pretty well if he makes that jump then you don't have to go to the portal then you got josh fryer and and tegra and then you can keep donovan jackson inside you keep matthew jones at garden jacob james plays center you look at a really good offensive line there maybe enoch Vamahi steps up and pushes somebody so they have options it's just the idea of if somebody doesn't step up and play at a national championship level, because this offensive line was a national championship offensive line, it blocked Jalen Carter. It blocked those guys against Georgia really well. But you cannot just have a Big Ten level offensive line at Ohio State. You have to have an offensive line that can win you a national championship. And if you don't have that on April 16th after the spring game, you have to go look in May, whoever enters the portal after spring practice and say, can that guy block at a national championship level if the answer is yes I think you've got to take a swing at him and so you know that's the offensive line talk I'd like to probably talk a little more about the other guys who have made those decisions uh as far as leaving um going we got we still waiting on Tommy Eichenberg I think that's the biggest decision of the entire offseason for Ohio State he's a guy you can build a defense around he's not just any linebacker he's an all-american candidate he'll be a preseason all-american if he comes back if he decides to return to school Andy, I'll start with you. If he decides to return to school, I think that is absolutely massive for Ohio State. When you already talk about Steel Chambers, you know, saying that he's coming back for another year. Uh, you know, their other roommate, Cade Stover, is coming back for another year. You've got C.J. Hicks in the mix. You're talking about a really deep and talented linebacker room if if Tommy Eichenberg decides that Ohio State is his next move. And some continuity for a defense that has been changing and changing over the last few years and having Jim Knowles there for the second year in that four, two, five system, having the same two linebackers starting there would be really key for this team in trying to have some consistency and continuity and that side of the ball. And I think Tommy Eichenberg is more than just a linebacker. He provides a good pass rush. He was third on the team and, and pressures generated this year. He got home for two and a half sacks at 12 TFLs. This is a guy that can kind of do it all. Um, you know, we know that he doesn't say a lot, but 
he certainly says more when he's within his context of the team. He's a leader. Um, his guys go to bat for him. And, it, you know, you mentioned his roommates both coming back, Kate Stover and Steel Chambers. You have to think that he's at least thinking about one more year with the Buckeyes, given the way things ended and his close friends returning for another year. So I think that's certainly a decision that we need to, to watch and see what happens. Because you mentioned there's so much depth there, but to have two guys coming back that were successful this year, I mean, Tommy could have very well been a Buckus Award finalist this year, was snubbed from that list. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was up there again next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, he may have already announced he's coming back. We just didn't hear him. <laughs> I mean, what an enigma he is in, in some respects. But, uh, oh, you ought to hear him at the Euchre tournament in, in the house. You know, that's what Steel Chambers and uh, Kate Stover will tell you. But, yeah. But the bottom line is, Wow. I mean, you, you could put on a highlight video uh, of why he wouldn't of why he wouldn't come back too. I mean, the way he was triggering this year and getting after getting after people, even in even in that college football playoff semifinal. I mean, his 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 acceleration to the ball was was ridiculous this year, as opposed to a, a guy that you could tell was thinking a lot the year before and was banged up a little bit. But uh, you know, with C.J. Hicks and some of these other guys. You know, champing at the bit and with only two linebackers playing most of the time, you know, I'm, I'm just interesting what that will do to the dynamic in that room. If Tommy Eichenberg, you know, does in fact return, I'm, I'm you know, I know the coaches will worry about that next year, so to speak, but uh, you know, it'll be, it'd be an interesting uh, room to watch from a name standpoint of maybe who sticks around after spring. If in fact, Tommy Eichenberg is back, I don't know if y'all agree or not, but that's, you have to keep your eye on those kind of things too, but I would clearly trade having Tommy Eichenberg back for one more year playing at the level he was playing at this year and maybe taking it up another notch as opposed to what might have, what might happen two years from now, if you follow my drift, but that, that, that's a, that's a big, uh, big decision. And of course, as we record this, I don't think CJ Stroud's even announced what he's doing yet. Right. But we all expect him to leave. Why wouldn't you? But uh, until, uh, until they say they're gone, they're still here, right? No, no. CJ Stroud's going to the NFL. Uh, I think that's pretty safe to say. Uh, same could be said about Paris Johnson and really Dewan Jones. I think those guys earned the right for us to expect them to leave. Paris Johnson gave up, I think, two sacks on the year. One against Michigan, one against Georgia, where he was caught a little flat-footed, and, and it was really rare to see. Um, you know, CJ Stroud played his his tail off all season for the last two years, really a two-time Heisman trophy finalist, you know, actually starting to, in some people's eyes, push Bryce young as the number one quarterback in the draft. In my eyes, Tim, those guys, you know, don't necessarily have to announce that they're leaving. Like no. I said, I think, I think they've earned the right to be, Hey, that guy's gone. You know, they have played well enough where, you know, they're leaving. And some other guys like Tanner McAllister had an up and down year. I thought it was important for him to come out and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to the NFL draft because he did have another year of eligibility. Ronnie Hickman said, hey, I'm leaving, but he did it during the Michigan week, which I'm not sure why during the Michigan week that was necessary. But because he got it, you know, hey, I'll give it up to him on this. He got asked that question and he answered it truthfully. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, just seems like there's there's a time for a question and a time not. But I'm not going to ever knock anybody for asking any question. But I thought about that, too, you know, and. uh you know, and uh, like I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm just going, you know, where's he going to settle in, you know, when it comes to the draft, you know, for yeah. example, there's a great example. 
And just like with Luke Whippler, you know, uh, uh, I think the guy had a hell of a year, but where's he going to settle in when it comes to the draft? And, 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 and maybe uh, did he have the potential to make more on name, image, and likeness this coming year than, you know what I mean? Than, than what he might see from the NFL draft. I guess we're going to find out, you know, but, uh, uh, but yeah, you, you, like you said with CJ Stroud, some of these guys, uh, it is like uh, CJ Stroud is leaving for the NFL. The sun is hot. You know what I mean? I, they're, they're both uh, basically the same statement, you would think. But sometimes yeah. it's cloudy like today. There's a lot of guys who are going to be departing this team. You know, uh, other guys include Javante Jean-Baptiste, transfer portal, Zach Harrison, yeah. one of the NFL, now popping up as one of the top 50 players in the entire draft, which is which is awesome to see for Zach. He, he worked really hard to get to where he was as a senior. Teron Vincent's going to the NFL. You've got other guys, you know, throughout this roster peppered through the defense. Really, the offense is bringing back nearly everything except for for Dewan, for the three offensive linemen and CJ. Everyone else is back, and so yeah, but that's a big man. Yeah, yeah, you're no, right. I'm not I'm discounting how big it is, but you know, just a lot of guys to replace Andy, and it, this is going to be a fun offseason to see how this depth chart shakes out. I'm going to have a, a depth chart projection, a way too early depth chart projection at LettermanRoad.com here later on this week uh, that should be pretty fun to put together, but. Andy, for now, it's it's a, it's going to be a lot of fun to track uh, how this thing shakes out. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see where these guys land in the draft that are declaring. I mean, the other guy we haven't talked about for a while, and, and for good reason, is, is Jackson Smith and Jigba, just because he hasn't really been as much of a part of this team given his injury and and not being. On. He's like the number one wide receiver on a lot of boards right now, um, and that's another big thing for Brian Hartline and this and this group that just saw Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson go for a thousand yards each. Um, first duo from the same school to do that in their rookie season in the NFL. So, I mean, that's another guy just to watch for where he lands in the draft. But to go back to C.J. Stroud, I think another thing, too, that happening in college, and maybe it's always been this way the last 10 years, is when you got guys that are extremely successful like C.J., where you're a back-to-back Heisman Trophy finalist, they're also close in that quarterback room. And I think there's something to be said about wanting to give someone else a chance. I mean, we just saw Sam Hartman leave Wake Forest. He had another year. He could have stayed there. He's been extremely successful at Wake but he wanted to give Mitch Griffiths or whoever was going to start at that position at Wake, you know, a chance to shine. And, and I, he wanted to leave Notre Dame, not only for himself, but also for the guys he was teammates with to have a chance to shine. And I think that could be a play too with CJ. Maybe it's, maybe part of him wants to return, you know, to, to get one last shot at a national title, but he's also got the NFL money waiting for him. And I know he also cares about Kyle McCord and, and Devin Brown and all the guys in that room. And I think there's something to be said about, you know, giving someone else a chance and letting someone else develop. Yeah, as we get through this offseason, Tim, uh, Andy. I, I, boy, if I'm, a, if I'm a college head coach, though, I want Sam Hartman back. <laughs> <laughs> I want C.J. Stroud back. I, you know, I'll worry about next year, next year. I mean, I, the, the, a guy like C.J. Stroud, fellas, doesn't come along very often. And, uh, and these, you know, we'll see how these two guys uh, who are going to be competing for the starting job in the spring end up going. But, I mean, you go back and watch. Like a while ago, you talked about uh, – the offensive line taking care of uh, uh, Jalen Carter and the uh, Georgia defensive front. I'm telling you, a lot of plays they did not. And uh, C.J. Stroud uh, made some things out of nothing. And that was one of the great games I have seen a quarterback play at Ohio State, right up there with Justin Fields against Clemson um, a couple of years ago. And it was crazy, some of the plays and and the accuracy he showed, et cetera, and the – and why he is special. I mean, I'm watching him pre, in preseason, preseason, pregame warmups, and I'm watching those three throw the ball, and the ball just comes out of C.J. Stroud's hand a lot different than it did those other two. And uh, 
Yeah, I hope people understand the what they've seen at this quarterback position the last several years, especially since Ryan Day showed up. It has been special. And, you know, Cal McCord and, and or Devin Brown might be the, the next guy to step up there. But, man, I'm saluting C.J. Stroud. This guy is a special talent, and it's going to show up in the draft. And I know that was unsolicited, uh, and I'm not promoting him in any form or fashion. But the idea that a guy a little bit shorter than him – and Bryce Young, because he won the Heisman and played for Alabama, would be rated in some books ahead of him. It's just uh, astounding to me. And uh, we'll see how it really plays out in the draft. Because you know what? The draft is all about a team falling in love with you and drafting you. It's not necessarily about one, two, three, four anyway. We will get into a lot of NFL draft conversation. I know. As we likely – But I I just think C.J. Stroud, man, I just think some people have really under – underappreciated him to for whatever reason. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We'll probably be heading to the NFL Combine, Leonard Monroe, where we will talk to CJ Stroud about that. We'll probably talk to Bryce Young about that too. But in the meantime, we're going to break down all of the NFL draft decisions at lettermonroe.com, where we cover Ohio State all year round. Thank you for watching the latest offseason report presented by Byers Auto. That's the 40-year vet Tim May. That's Andrew Backstrom. I am just Spencer Holbrook. Thanks, as always, for watching, listening, hanging out with us. Come check us out in the Letterman Lounge message board. We will see you guys back for another offseason report presented by Byers Auto in very short order. But again, for Tim, for Andy, I'm Spencer. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next time.